So once a, mo once a month, my uh, improvisation team and I get together and we put on a, a show. And we've been playing together for a long time now, and we're really comfortable with one another, we know how each other thinks, so we get into these grooves. And this thing will happen occasionally where a couple of my teammates will be on stage and they're starting a scene, and I'm just really getting into what they're doing on stage, because my teammates are all smarter and funnier than I am, so I really enjoy watching them. And they'll say something or do something in the middle of a scene that gives me a start, and I go, wow, yeah, that's a, that's a really good setup for a bit. Yeah, that could be the setup for the punchline. It ends the whole show. That could that'd be really funny. Or we could, we could play a game with that and see how far we can take it. Yeah, I think the audience would really dig that. Man, I hope somebody noticed that so they can jump out and do it. Three minutes later, the moment has passed. It's too late to go back and do anything about it. And my director voice jumps in to say, you know, you were the somebody, right? Did you forget you were in the show again? It's human nature to view ourselves sometimes separately from everything else around us to view ourselves as not being part of something. After all, we know ourselves more fully than we know anything else, and we're very, very discreet in our own meanness. Me-ness. That we can trick ourselves into thinking we are not a part of the things that we're actually a part of. Of. It's, a, it's a concern in many spiritual traditions. The illusion of separation is one of the concepts in Buddhism. It's a struggle to remember that we are interconnected with one another there. It's a concern of social psychologists as well who can trace so many of the world's ills to this idea that I am not a part of this. And what happens when we get into that illusion of separation mindset is that we start to see ourselves as not of the people, or we ascribe people outside of ourselves as things, and me as me, or the institutions that people make up become a them and a thing that I am separate from, and we forget that we were in the show to begin with. God, the government, I can't believe. <clears throat> Forgetting that we have a role to play in all of that. Or I'll hear, man, I wish the UUA would not do that thing. Losing sight of the fact that since we rule from the ground up, we are the UUA, or God, I wish the church wouldn't do that. Forgetting that we are the church. The church is made up of its people. Most of the words we use to describe religious community have roots in the, the, the word people, ecclesia, the gathering of the people. When we talk about things being ecclesiastical, that was the, the assembly of people in Athens who made the decisions, the ecclesia. 
And that's the word that got adopted into the gatherings of the early Christian churches that we grew out of. When we gather on a Sunday morning and we practice the liturgy, whatever the liturgy looks like on a Sunday morning, we're speaking a word that comes from another Greek word, that word that literally means the people's work, the work of the people. It's, it's all of us working together. But it's easy, it's easy to get that mindset, to make that mistake, because it, it feels somewhat like a, a, an audience transaction sometimes, right? I mean, here I am, I'm standing up eight inches higher than anybody else right now, and I am speaking to all of you out of something that I have prepared, and you are sitting there, and you are hearing my words, and hopefully in a live room, maybe depending on your spiritual mindset on a given day, something mystical and wonderful happens in that mix that opens you up, but not always. A lot of times this could feel like a performer and audience transaction. And our COVID years only magnified that illusion for us because all of a sudden it was an audience transaction. Me and the rest of the staff turned into content creators. We worked more hours than we ever did putting on a live Sunday service to get everything recorded and put together. And then you at home watched the video. And none of this interaction took place. And we did that for a good two years. We created kind of a new model of expectation for how the church, how Sunday, how the liturgy, how the work of the people functioned. We created a new habit, and habits are hard to break. But now that we're gathering together again, it is time to start uh, backtracking to the old habit coming back into the room with one another, to coming back into being the ecclesia, the church, the people who make it up, gathering on a Sunday morning, not as an audience and me not as a performer, but as the ecclesia, as the church. It's time for us to find our feet again post-COVID in the ways that we used to be a church together and are still finding our way back to. It's time to, to reestablish the rhythms of that people-gathering life. It's time for us to not just see the interdependent web, as I preach about a lot, but actually practice being part of that web the web of which we are a part, as our principle says. Because the church cannot be just one person. I am not the church all by myself. I have an outsized role to play in it, sure, but I am not the church all on my own, and the church is not just one committee or another that's making everything happen. It's not 
just our board, it's not just our membership committee or our religious education committee. It is all the people that make that up and help out together there. It takes all kinds of people to be a church. 25 years ago, almost now, a Unitarian Universalist by the name of Janet Bowering wrote a small essay in one of our old pamphlets about how you use View Church. And she says it takes all kinds of people. In a church, she writes, there are those who are practical about institutional needs as well as the needs of the human family. There are people who understand our interdependent web of existence, those who can share the poetry they find in the stars, and those who can circulate a petition to save the wetlands. There are those who can speak out against injustice and those who can remember that the roof needs mending occasionally. Churches need people who can help feed the hungry of the world and people who can help feed the hunger deep within the souls of those gathered. It takes all kinds of people. Listening to our story this morning, I'm sure many of us can still identify with the energy and love that goes into building a new church building. And once all the work is done, it is then up to us to bring our light in. For the church radiates light into the world only in so much as we bring our light into it. Our principles and our values that we share together only come into being and become real in so much as we live them out and practice them here in our communal space and out into the world. A church is only as alive, as full of life, in as much as we bring the spark and the breath of our own lives into it. It takes all kinds of people. And many of you know that already. Many of you give generously of your time and your talents to keep this place going, but we need so many more to make the life of the church what it is. I can't do it alone. The board can't do it alone. Barb on hospitality can't do it alone, definitely can't do it alone all by herself. It takes all kinds of people. So as we move now into what is just our second year back to full-time in-person church, keep that in mind. We've only really been back together for about 18 months. As we move into this, this year and we're finding our feet again and finding our rhythm again, think about what your light is and how it can fill this space. Think about what sort of breath of your own life you are bringing into this room as we breathe together and sing together. 
This morning, I want to take a moment, or more than a moment, to acknowledge and to commission those among us who are bringing a lot of their life and their breath into the work of the church. We're going to commission our elected and our appointed leaders this morning as we begin this new year together. A commissioning is the act of granting certain powers or authority to carry out a particular task or duty. In many churches, there is a common misconception that the leaders of the church run things, that the board or the council has all sorts of power to get things done, and that everyone else essentially coasts along following directions. Some people even seem to think that the minister has this kind of authority. As a congregationally-based tradition, all power in Unitarian Universalist churches comes up through the congregation and is bestowed upon the leaders, including the ordained leaders, to carry out specific service for the good of the whole. So today we take this reality seriously and formally bestow upon our chosen leaders the authority they need to carry out the works we have assigned to them. This commissioning ritual is an opportunity to give our blessings to the ministries of these people, ministries they will provide in the coming year, and to affirm their sense of calling to the roles of service they claim, and to which we have elected or appointed them as leaders. So here then, the names of those elected or appointed to leadership in our community and I would ask you to stand as your name is called this morning. Bill Predorsky, president of our board and also member of our personnel committee. Jennifer Young, our vice president, traveling. Krista Black, past president and as past president, chair of our building use committee. Hetty Dunn, our secretary. Evan Rose, our treasurer and also co-chair of our Social Justice Committee. Linda Deck, our steward for the year. Jeff Fronzak, our building chair. Jennifer Jordan, member at large. Patrick Webb and Elizabeth Jomek as co-chairs of the RE Committee. Kelly Shea, our other co-chair for Social Justice. Barb Fronzak, our Hospitality Committee. Janet Van Cleve, serving as chair of our grounds committee. Melissa Bartlett, leader of our caring network. Mike McNaughton, chair of our membership committee. Ellen Mills, who leads our committee on ministry. Felicia Orth, the other half of our personnel committee. Mike Bonneau and Renee Mitchell for our audio-visual booth here. Stay standing for the moment. These are the people we have called to serve us. Will the congregation please rise and join in the service of commissioning, for which I didn't put any of your words up today, so <laughs> shoot. We're going we're gonna to improv on the fly here. You can have them repeat after you. <laughs> Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> we, the members of this congregation, charge you to be guided in your work 
by the vision we express in our unison affirmation, and by the principles we affirm in common. We charge you to affirm the dignity and worth of all persons. You don't have to repeat that. This, part. this might indeed <laughs> be a free church open to all people. We charge you to cherish our spiritual diversity and to help us to live together so that we are strengthened rather than divided by our religious pluralism. We charge you to honor our past without being bound by it, that we might be mindful of our past, yet draw on modern knowledge as we respond to the spiritual needs of the people. We charge you to hold in your hearts the needs of the wider community in which we live so that we live out our devotion to the common good in community, nation, and world. Members of the board, you are charged with keeping sight of the big picture, with holding our vision, honoring our past, and guiding us toward our future. Are you ready and willing to accept this charge? Committee chairs, you are charged with keeping sight of your particular piece of our community's mosaic, with advocating for the needs of the area of our communal life, which is your specific concern, and working with one another for the common good of the whole. Are you ready and willing to accept this charge? the teachers. Teachers, stand please. Well, yeah. everybody's standing. A lot of people. <laughs> everyone's standing. You are charged with guiding and lifting up a new generation of Unitarian Universalists, creating spaces for learning that recognize our faith is both communal and personal. You are charged with engaging the big questions on a personal level and allowing yourself to be transformed as you engage in this work. Are you ready and willing to accept this charge? Do you, the members and friends of this congregation, affirm these elected and appointed leaders as volunteers who need your support, your participation, and your appreciation, as well as your caring and concern? We thank you for your faith in us and vow to do our best to live up to the charges we have given you and you have given us. We promise also to remember that the ultimate responsibility for our church lies with all of us, for this is our home. This is our community. May we all do what we can to make it a home we can be proud of. May you carry in your heart and soul all the love and the good wishes which surround you in this moment. For all that has been, thanks. For all that will be, yes. Blessed be.